This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. One-handed catch and a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealou, Paul Calvisi, and three-time pro bowler Kyle Vandenbosch. So I was not aware of this, gentlemen, until this morning. 100 days from right now until the starts of the 2023 NFL regular season. It sounds like a large number, and it is, yet it's not that far off, is it not? Considering what we've gone through and what we've discussed and what we will discuss here over the next hour as far as the Cardinals' offseason is concerned. So we're 100 days away from Lions at Chiefs Correct. to kick off this coming season. So I season. guess officially you got to go a couple of more days before you get yeah. Cardinals at Washington. Okay. So how long uh, before Kansas City adds DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> to that receiver room? And uh, how many more days in which uh, Andy Reid takes a shot at the new kickoff touchback rule, which he did? Normally Andy Reid isn't one to take m- many opinions or sides in the NFL in his three decades, right? But uh, he was none too happy about that. So to your point, Craig, there's no uh, no lack of headlines and stuff to talk about to get us through the offseason. Not a lot of people happy about that new fair catch rule, at least among special teams coordinators but we're not talking about that you brought it up Paul the news on Friday and this was interesting Kyle because it was one singular sentence a total of 16 words DeAndre Hopkins released by the Arizona Cardinals really not a surprise the surprise for me though was the timing Friday versus maybe later in training camp or right before the start of the regular season when you were going to have to make that decision financially whether to pay him that $19.5 million or not. The Cardinals obviously are choosing not to do that. Yeah, they must have, uh, you know, the calls must have dried up. The opportunity to get something in return must not have been there as of late. And, you know, I, I have no problem with the timing. I think if the decision has been made, um, you want to move forward with the guys that are invested, that are believing in your vision, um, and just rip the Band-Aid off. And, you know, this is what we've got. This is who we're going with. You know, if, if nothing else, you grab some of these young receivers and you say, this is your opportunity. Look, you don't you no longer get a redshirt year. You don't get an opportunity to ease your way into this. We're going to need anybody and everybody that can help this offense, help this Arizona Cardinals team moving forward and hopefully, um, you know, go out there and, and, and be successful and have some catches because that's a, that's a lot of targets that just walked out the door. So, um, you know, there there is a tremendous opportunity for those on the roster right now. Make this very clear. DeAndre Hopkins was never going to be on this team in 2023. The only question was what was going to happen, get released as he was, or could a trade materialize? And that's the disappointing part of this, Paul, is because as productive as Hop can be when healthy or not suspended or choosing – to not play as he did at the end of last season, that you couldn't get anything for D-Hop. Am I surprised that DeAndre Hopkins is no longer an Arizona Cardinal? No, not at all. 
Am I surprised they got nothing in return? Yes, a little bit. Am I surprised it happened in the Memorial Friday going into Memorial Day weekend? Yes, although it enables you to take the full cap charge this season as opposed to waiting till this Friday, and then you could have split it between 23 and 24. If you have the room this year, why not rip off the Band-Aid? And I think it's Kyler Murray's contract that really kicks in in full next season. So I think it makes sense on the caponomics. I'm not a capologist around here, but I can see where they wanted to take the full charge this year. And to your earlier point, Craig, when Monty Ford met the media's opening press conference and he said, and I quote, ego will not be tolerated, you could have read right there. I mean, I think a lot of people heard that comment and said, D-Hop is gone. He's highly intelligent, but he's highly independent. Those are the four words I would use to describe DeAndre Hopkins in his Arizona Cardinals career and getting to know him. And then once the PED suspension came along, Obviously, relations were a little strained, and you know, we're still waiting on the more information that supposedly is coming from that that he promised the media. We're still waiting on that. that now would be a good time, maybe, to give that more information uh, as other teams are thinking about DeAndre Hopkins going forward. But, yeah, to your point, at 31 years of age, and as someone who's looking to go into the Hall of Fame, which he made very clear, if you're going to start this season the way you ended last season with a backup quarterback, it just doesn't seem like a good fit on any level. I like your analogy, your description, Kyle, there as far as ripping the Band-Aid off. And we will dive into what this means now for the wide receivers that are on this roster as we continue here. But we're trying to get a little bit of an idea, Kyle, about what this offense might look like under new offensive coordinator Drew Petzing. Well, maybe a little bit of a window into that. Recently on the Big Red Rage, passing game coordinator, wide receivers coach Drew Terrell discussed what the offense potentially might look like. It's been awesome. Drew's doing a tremendous job. You can tell he's, you know, ultra prepared for this opportunity. He's extremely detailed. He's got a clear vision of what he wants and what he wants it to look like. Um, and the way he wants us to train and coach the players you know, it's it's going to be exciting to watch how this offense, you know, evolves and develops and suits and fits and molds to our personnel. And we are still waiting. I don't think we're going to get an idea, Kyle, until I wouldn't even say the first game. It might be a couple of games into the regular season, but now is a time where this is all being worked out. Another week of organized team activities. It is voluntary this week, next week, mandatory minicamp coming up. June 13th through the 15th, but this is where you start preparing, and now the Cardinals definitely know what they have at that wide receiver spot, and it does not include number 10. No, that's exactly right. Um, and while we don't know, while you know Drew Terrell just talked about it's ever-evolving and it's going to be shifting based on the personnel, which I love. You, you come up with a game plan, you come up with a strategy based on the personnel you have, um, but I, I think what we get a feeling of with Cardinals fans can get a feeling of is just a shift in general philosophy. Last year, and in, in under Cliff Kingsbury, it was more of a let's spread them out, let's get four wides, let's pass to set up our run. And there was you get a light box, you get some big running lanes, and there's opportunities in the run game after you set up the pass, after you have threats on the outside or even down the field. Now it it seems like we're shifting to a philosophy based on interviews with some of the offensive personnel, based on interviews with some of the coaches. We're going to run the ball. We're going to pound it at you. We're going to get you to come up and have now a heavy box to open up opportunities in the pass game. And I think you know, just I, th I think it's a great shift in philosophy. And, and you know, one of the 
one of the things that points to that is where were our offseason priorities? Well, we used our first-round draft pick on an offensive lineman. And so, to me, that signals, well, we, we want to – we, we want to bolster our offensive line, give us an opportunity to open lanes in the run game, and then we will have opportunities in the passing game. You re-signed Will Hernandez, Calvin Beecham. You added three offensive linemen in free agency depth-wise, and perhaps, Paul, you're starting offensive center in Yelda Froholtz. And to Kyle's point, yeah, if this shift in philosophy, more traditional shift that you run the ball to set up the pass – as opposed to what it had been over the previous four seasons. Well, that's everything we hear from the players, including this past week, guys like DJ Humphreys, Will Hernandez meeting the media. We talked to Corey Clement, and they all hint heavily at how it's going to be a much more balanced offense, run and pass, much more of a straight-ahead run game, much more of a power run game. In fact, I would, I would venture to say that one of the reasons D-Hop is no longer a Cardinal is he really equipped to be the guy you can count on to be a blocking wide receiver downfield. There's a reason you signed a Zach Pascal. If I'm a betting man, I'm guessing where if I'm a defense and I'm looking for a tendency on the Cardinals offense this year, wherever Pascal is lined up, they're running in his direction. They're running to that side. So, you know, Drew Terrell, Terrell there, and uh, you talk about, you know, the offense and what they're going to look like and I think it's going to be radically different than the last four years. There is no question about that. More from Terrell on the Big Red Rage, what this team is doing right now during OTAs as far as the offense is concerned. Trying to fine-tune fundamentals, uh, determine what type of offense we're going to be giving the guys we have. You know, really assess their skill sets and get a feel for you know, things they excel at, things that are going to give our quarterbacks the best chance to be successful. Um, a lot of teaching goes into it, and of course – you know, we're trying to implement um, a new system. But I think all those things are geared towards serving the guys that we have and, and maximizing their strengths as best as we can. Looking at this offense a year ago, Paul, bottom third as far as rushing yards per game and rushing yards per play. And if you want to change that, yeah, you have a James Conner and maybe a little bit of some unknowns behind him as far as guys who have been there, done that. But that's where it starts. You win up front run the football and then all of a sudden passing the ball becomes a lot easier there was a game late in the season I got to look it up where James Conner averaged 5.7 yards per carry and he got 15 carries and I can just tell you there were a lot of offensive linemen in that locker room who wondered now wait a minute why didn't he have 25 carries if we're averaging better than five yards a carry I don't think this Cardinals offense makes that mistake this year I think there will be a premium on that. Here's the other thing. Let's not forget that when it comes to the downfield passing game, Cardinals were near dead last in every significant metric. So I think there's going to be not only the emphasis on the run game, but the run game will open up that downfield passing game. And because teams didn't really respect the Cardinals' run game, they would flood a lot of the passing lanes and they would play that infamous cover two shell, right? And and then, you know, and that whole bend but don't break. And how often did the Cardinals' offense struggle against that? Well, how do you make a defense pay for playing that sort of coverage? You got to make them put that extra guy up into the box, that safety, move him up. Can't play too high anymore. And I think that's going to be a big shift in philosophy and approach with this offense we've also heard owner Michael Bidwell talk about simplifying things for Kyler Murray now when we see Kyler on the field that's that's a discussion for another time but as far as making things easier for your quarterback yeah, a solid run game would obviously help out the QB 
Yeah, you look at where Jonathan Gannon came from in, in the Philadelphia Eagles. They were often criticized because of how simple the offense was, about how Hertz only had one or two reads on the plays that he was given. But it works. I mean, it, it it's it's the, the adage is as old as football itself. It's like the, the simpler you make it, the, the faster your players go. And that's what Philly was, both offensively and defensively. They were fast. They didn't blitz a ton on defense. They were able to play fast. They – uh, their offensive scheme, for the most part, was pretty basic, pretty simple. Defenses could figure it out. They just couldn't stop it. And so, you know, if you keep it simple and you rep it, you're able to execute it on Sundays regardless of what the defense is throwing at you. How many times, guys, last season did we hear the following from a player? Yeah, I made that one mistake. Everybody took their turn making that one mistake. Well, that's enough to get you beat in the NFL. That sort of mistake-laden football is enough for a defense or an offense to take advantage of you. So if you can simplify things to eliminate those self-inflicted errors, which really plagued the Cardinals the last couple of years, ever since they were 10-2, and two, how much of what we talked about was self-inflicted? So if you can reduce some of the responsibilities, especially on the plate of your quarterback, and make it much easier, I, I think we're going to get halfway into this season, maybe the end of this season, we're going to realize – how much easier it was for everyone to operate. Think less, play faster, and just and reduce the number of mistakes. It's already tough enough to execute in the NFL against the 31 other teams. But when you're beating yourself, when you're the biggest opponent on your schedule, you have no chance. And they were mental mistakes rather than physical mistakes. Guys not being in the proper position. But if to your point, Kyle, if you do something very well, even if the opponent knows what you're going to do, but they can't stop you, you keep doing it until it gets stopped. Right. It's do you come up with a new and unique game plan every week, and so guys have to learn something new week eight, week nine, or do you run something so well you force your opponent to try to stop it? You know, that's that's the give and take. Friday, we heard about DeAndre Hopkins. Later on on Friday, we also heard from Buda Baker. The other player that has been making large news in the offseason. We'll get into that as we continue. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Your ticket to great seats. Craig Riolu, Paul Calvisi, and Kyle Vandenbosch here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. The shrugs, yeah, I think I saw myself. Yeah, those those, those were one tens, baby. So it's pretty heavy. It's more than your body weight. <laughs> ah, you got jokes. Uh, one ten, come on, man, fudge. Okay, combine. Come on, come on. Great. Okay, okay. Feel better now. We have been wondering why Buda Baker has been silent for so long this off season, and why, according to reports, he asked out of Arizona. I think we just figured out where things started mm. a year ago, preseason in Tennessee. You want to finish the story and the exchange, Paul? Well, there's a little media scrum right there. It was in Nashville. We spent a few days out there before the final preseason game. He said one tens, plural. So I did the math. See, I should have lived by my hashtag no math. But you know, there I was. Every time I violate it, I pay for it. And then, you know, Buddha uh, at my expense. And then everyone laughed. And then it gets splashed around by our Jim Almohundro. And boom, okay, I'm wearing the shame of uh, that exchange right there. But I did mean 220. <laughs> 
220, 110 times two is what I meant. That's what he was lifting up, 110 in each hand. Kyle Vandenbosch helped me out here. That's what the dumbbells were in the weight room that we saw on Hard Knocks, the little clip they released. And so, boom, you know, I figured he would figure that, you know what, combined, yes, though the weight in his hands, plural, would be more than what he weighs in on the scale. Uh, it's painful watching you backpedal right now. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I mean, it's impressive the way you finished the interview with your foot in your mouth. Could, <laughs> could still true. make out what you were saying. That's true. Yeah, so uh, there you go. Let's hope he doesn't hold a grudge. Um, you know, thank you, Craig, for putting uh, this offseason on yours truly. Appreciate that. Well, while he's doing 110s, Kyle's probably doing, what, 150, 200 pounds, and Paul, you and I are doing, what, 20, 25? Uh, move the decimal point <laughs> over, maybe two spots. They're more than your body weight, <laughs> There you go. And that's the last thing I'll just say. <laughs> Paulie Pencilneck is the last person that's taking issue with anyone's measurables. I'll just leave it at that. Buda Baker breaks his silence. We have not heard from him. We have not seen him during this voluntary off-season strength and conditioning program. The question was, when we would we ever see Buda Baker again? According to reports, he asked for a trade. He has two years remaining under contract. None of those two years, though, with any guaranteed money. But Cam Cox over at 12 Sports catching up with Buda Baker on Friday. Letting the business aspect handle the business aspect, letting my agent handle all that type of stuff, and just continuing to have tunnel vision on my work ethic, you know, being the best person I can be outside of football as well. Just enjoying life, enjoying this offseason, enjoying working hard each and every day. Just excited to go back and, you know, play football again. Does that mean you'll show up when it's time to show up? Oh, yeah, of course. I'll be there when it's time to be there. You know, when it's time to be there, I'll be there smiling, same regular guy that I am. And, uh, you know, just excited to see those guys again. And when it is time to be there, that is June 13th, 14th, and 15th. Mandatory minicamp for veterans and rookies. And I don't think, Kyle, I never doubted whether or not we would see Buda Baker this offseason because typically, much like a lot of veterans across the league, including Cardinal veterans, that's what they do. They work out elsewhere and then come to mandatory minicamp. Good for some, not good for all, but one, just to be able to hear Buddha's voice. And then if you didn't see it, big smile on his face when talking about the Cardinals and being around his teammates. Uh, there's no doubt that he's got a big smile. He loves football. He loves everything about it. The preparing in the offseason. I mean, for some players, it's the worst part of their year. But Buddha Baker is the type of player that just gets into it. He's got that drive. Um, you know, my two takeaways from that interview is one. This interview happened at his gym. He's not in Barbados. He's not in Hawaii. He's not taking a bunch of time off while, while the team and, and his agents figure this mess out. He is working. So you can be certain that Buda Baker, whenever he comes back, whether it's mandatory minicamp, OTAs, or even fall training camp, um, you can be certain he will be physically, mentally dialed in and ready to help this team. Um, I guess my other takeaway was we were all, you know, Wondering to a degree what this was all about. Was it strictly contract related? Was it that he's at this point in his career where he does not want to be a part of a rebuild? Does he have an issue with this new coaching staff? Well, the fact that he says he will be there, he wants to be here, he wants to be a part of the team, he shares the vision with this coaching staff, he shares the vision with his teammates, he, and he likes this coaching staff and what they're bringing. So he didn't say you know, that he has an issue with his position coach, with the head coach, with the GM, any of that. You can, at this point, it appears like it's all just 
contract-related and getting what he wants so that he can feel good about going into this upcoming season. And I can second that. I've heard good things behind the scenes anecdotally about where he is with the Cardinals and and vice versa. It's strictly business, and they're going to have to figure it out. I think they will figure it out. He's too valuable. You're not going to get it the correct value in return if you even and ever did entertain a trade. It's just not going to happen. And when you're hitting the reset button, Abuda Baker is even that much more valuable because he's the example to everyone else. How many times have you heard coaches use him as the standard? Cite him on film. If only everyone could play like Buda Baker, not just Cardinals coaches, but opposing coaches come in. I mean, you hear the Mike Tomlins of the world cite just the manner in which Buda Baker plays. So if that's the standard that you're trying to get the rest of the team to elevate their game towards, or at least the effort level that he brings, because nobody's going to be a Buda Baker. And by the way, he's by far your biggest star on defense. He really is. So for all those reasons, uh, there's no doubt he, he is part of this team and will be on this team in 2023. Well, let's go back to when General Manager Monty Austin Fort was introduced. He brought up Buda Baker and his first interaction with number three. I was with the Patriots at the time, and Buda came in. We interviewed Buda at the Combine for our 20-minute interview. After the end of that 20-minute interview, uh, I think I was ready to run through a brick wall for Buda Baker. And Buda Baker represents everything that we want this organization to be, and I am excited to be on a team with him. Curious, though, whether something does get done. Because, yeah, there's two years left. This is not a player going into their final season. And this idea of setting a precedent, regardless of the player, because next season, next offseason, Kyle, DJ Humphreys is going to be in the same boat, under contract for two years, but with no guaranteed money. And I'm very, I'm, I'm interested. I, I can see it going either way, but it wouldn't surprise me if this team did nothing to that contract and just said, hey, let's revisit this next offseason. Yeah, there's two precedents to think about here the one on the one hand yes you don't want as an organization as a front office you don't want players to hold your feet to the fire and you cave because that becomes a bad precedent in every subsequent year there will be another player that decides hey I want more money I want more guaranteed money even though I got two years left so yes you do not necessarily want to set that precedent particularly when you're a new GM. You know, you, you're trying to build this team for years to come. However, I think you do need to set a precedent that when you find a player like Buda Baker, when you understand the impact that he has, not just on your defense, but on your teammates, on your fan base, on, on how he raises the level of practice of every single player on this team – I think you do need to set a precedent that these are the type of players we value. We will make an exception for Buda Bakers because, quite frankly, there is only one Buda Baker. If somebody comes to the team next year and says, I've got two years left, I want a new deal, Buda Baker got one, they got to say, they, all they have to do is plug in the tape and say, do that, then, we, then come back to me. You know what I mean? So I think, I think. You, when you come in and you talk about what your values are and what your culture needs to look like and you have somebody that exemplifies that culture every single day, I think you need to reward that and say, this is our building block. This is what we're looking for. This is what we're asking of you because he is the example. that Sometimes as a coaching staff, 
effort is just an abstract to players. But when you have that example in your locker room and you could point to it on game days and you could point to it on practice days, you could point to it in summer workouts when you could say, this is what I'm asking. This is what we look for. This is how we envision Arizona Cardinals. I think you need to make sure that he is happy and he is around so that he can continue to lead in that way. And by the way, I know the Cardinals are taking that cap charge, right? The hit with the DeAndre Hopkins release, but they're saving over $19 million. That's real money, real dollars not being spent. So what are the odds, dot, 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 that there might be a restructuring of Buda Baker's deal and maybe some money up front because if that is indeed the issue, no guaranteed money left, maybe there's a signing bonus coming his way of some sort. You know, there's always a way if there's a will. And so I wouldn't be surprised if one leads to another in terms of just the business side of allocating money. And that's the one thing players in the locker room understand. The business, whether you're here or not, are you going to be here week one? Take care of your business aspects, the contract or whatever, in the offseason. Make sure you're ready week one. Yeah, it's you know as a player in a locker room, you don't ever worry about somebody else's bank account, how much they're making. You just want your team to be the best it can be. And the only way for that to happen is for Buda Baker to be on the field week one. Think about it, though. One player in this scenario wasn't too interested in finishing out the last couple of games last year, while another guy defied all the doctor's projections. He was supposed to be out two or three weeks with a high ankle sprain, and he played in a matter of days and didn't miss a game. Certainly the heart and soul of this Arizona Cardinals team Buda Baker, we'll see what happens with his future, both immediate and long-term. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Murray in shotgun takes the snap, drops back the pass, looks right, throws right, more caught at 30, turns right, 25-20, four breaks a tackle to the 10, to the 5, touchdown! There's the explosive play from Rondale Moore we have been waiting for. Shotgun formation, snap to Murray, quick throw left side. It's caught at the one and into the end zone for the touchdown is Greg Dortz. Murray in an empty set in shotgun, takes the snap, three-step drop, looks over the middle, throws, and it's caught by Brown, first down, makes a man miss at the 15, cuts right to the 10, and Brown is into the end zone for the touchdown. Hollywood Brown has been spectacular. What an incredible play by Hollywood Brown. Those are your three top wide receivers returning in 2023. Hollywood Brown, Rondell Moore, and Greg Dortch. And it isn't fitting that we have Kyle Vandenbosch here this week on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Your ticket to great seats because I don't know if there is a bigger Greg Dortch fan than you, Kyle. And by the way, Happy birthday. Belated happy birthday to one Greg Dorch. But he, you make an argument, Kyle, that he was your most consistent, based off his availability, pass catcher last season. Absolutely. Um, I, I think he had the highest percentage of catches when targeted. I, I mean, he just, every time when given the opportunity, he took advantage of it. And he had a couple of huge games for the Arizona Cardinals. And I I think about what we were talking about a little bit earlier in an earlier segment about simplifying the offense and simplifying the defense. What was the reason we kept hearing why Greg Dortch wasn't getting more playing time, even though he was performing on Sundays? It was, we need to see it more in practice. He needs to get a better grasp of the offense. He needs to show us that he understands the offense in practice. Well, you know, if, if 
if that is the case, if you're a coach and your players don't get it, then that's on the coaches. Like you, you've got to find a way to utilize your talents. You've got to find a way to, if he's not getting on the field because he doesn't understand all the complex concepts that you have installed, then you need to simplify. So I expect him to, even though he has done things and has had big games and has been a big factor at times for the Arizona Cardinals, I expect this to be his coming out year. And, you know, the other two, um, with Rondell Moore and Hollywood Brown, um, their opportunity is just staying healthy. You know, we've all seen how dynamic Rondell Moore is with the football. And, you know, we kept hearing about how he was going to get an expanded passing tree and run more deep routes. And not all of his catches were going to be two yards behind the line of scrimmage. And it just never came to fruition. So I'm hoping that we see some of those things this year. And and if those two can stay healthy, look, the, the cupboard isn't empty. There's a lot of talent in this wide receiver's room. It's just a matter of utilizing it and putting them in the best position to succeed. Hollywood missed five games last season. Rondell Moore missed nine games. So yeah, as they say, Paul, your best ability is availability in last season. And just based based the the entire career, young career of a Rondell Moore has been the lack of availability. Yeah, and he's wanted to show desperately that he's a down-the-field receiver. He's not just a sideline-to-sideline, throw it to him in space and see if he can make a man miss. You know, He wants to prove he has a developed route tree, and he can be a reliable target downfield. And the few times he was targeted downfield, guess what? He was productive. He did have separation. It's just, can he stay on the field? As for Hollywood Brown, remember when he went down in week six on that late game play with Tariq Woolen in coverage, and the two of them went down in a tumble, and boom, he ended up hurting his foot. He was top five or top seven in both the receptions and, and, and receiving yards. He was very productive. He was among the NFL leaders and that's from an offense that was not fire, firing in all cylinders. And then Greg Dortch, did anybody bring in more in training camp than Greg Dortch? He just seemed to have an edge that a lot of other offensive players didn't have last season. And for everyone who dismisses training camp, Greg Dortch picked up where he left off in August and kept producing throughout the entire season. And, and I think one reason why is he went into every single practice during Cardinals training camp knowing he better perform, he better be productive, or he wasn't going to be on the final 53. Curious on how those three receivers will be used within this offense. They have a new position coach. Again, Drew Terrell, the passing game coordinator, wide receivers coach, last week a guest of the Big Red Rage on what he sees out of Moore, Dortch, and Brown. We're going to try to maximize those guys' skill sets. And, you know, what I've seen so far, those guys have been outstanding. They've been locked in. You know, they're working their tail off. They're trying as best they can to grasp and learn, and they're asking the right questions. And something that I've been preaching is being extremely deliberate with their thought process and uh, the way they go about practice. Um, and, and those guys have, have been outstanding in that regard. All three, though, on the smaller side as far as height is concerned. And that brings us to Michael Wilson, the draft pick, and Zach Pascal, one of the top free agent acquisitions this team made. And let's start with your boy, Michael Wilson, out of the great University of Stanford in Palo Alto, Paul. But with him, you do have that size, six feet, two inches tall. But again, his issue has been injuries in college, but if he is able to stay on the football field and when he was healthy, he was very productive. Yeah, highly intelligent, highly skilled. I mean, he's just highly productive when he's been on the field. 
He does have that burst after the catch, the ability to make people miss and or run through them at his size, 6'2", over 215 pounds. He just looks the part. Uh, He's incredibly intelligent. He's already graduated from Stanford with a master's degree in communication and media studies, and he has a bachelor's in management science. Okay, hello. And then he went into the Senior Bowl knowing because he had those last three years of his college career impacted by injury, went into the Senior Bowl knowing this was my chance to actually be drafted to prove that I can play, and he did. He was one of the stars of the Senior Bowl, and he showed that he could compete with some of the best defenders in the nation. So that would be a best-case scenario because you do need to fill out that room behind the three established receivers. If Michael Wilson, your third-round pick, could come in and actually be you know, part of that rotation from day one, that would be huge. Four catches, 76 receiving yards at the Senior Bowl, plus the game-sealing touchdown for his team. So young as far as a draft pick, Kyle, but someone that comes in with that background, not only at the position, but also the background with Drew Terrell. And they went to the same alma mater, wear the same number, and now all of a sudden he's coming in. There's an opportunity, certainly without D-Hop in that room, there's an opportunity for someone, specifically a younger player. Yeah, somebody with a little bit of size, too, like you talked about earlier. I mean, it was basically the reason that we wasted a draft pick signing Robbie Anderson last year is we wanted another receiver with a little bit of size that could stretch the field. And, and you know, you've got to think that this is your guy. He's, you know, he's got the size. He's got the catch radius. He's a tremendous athlete. And he may end up being a steal. I mean, he's, he's your prototype build in, in wide receiver. So, um, and he's got an opportunity. You know, I, again, I, I don't want to be critical of what happened last year. But it seemed like it was so hard for rookies to get on the field, to get action early in the season, to get some valuable experience throughout the course of a season. And and he will have that opportunity. And, you know, not to go back to the the D hop issue or, or or the D you know, him leaving, but I think with this receiving core, it is more talented than people give it credit for. I think it will make Kyler Murray a better quarterback because there is sometimes where you're like, oh, D Hop's got single coverage. I'm going there. Um, I'm under pressure. I'm just throwing it up to D Hop. You know, like he is your, um, he's your. You hit the panic button and you just throw it to D Hop because he's either going to make a play or he's going to break it up. Well, now you've got to go through your reads. You got to go through your progressions. It's it's it, you know, no player in particular stands out as being your number one, the guy that I've got to feed. He's got to get 15 targets a game. You can spread the ball around. You can take advantage of what the defense gives you and not just force feed it to one particular player. In just six games last season because of a collarbone injury, Michael Wilson led Stanford with four receiving touchdowns. His position coach, Drew Terrell, last week on the Big Red Rage on the young kid from Stanford. When you dig into the tape, what you find is, you know, a kid that's extremely detailed. You know, he's got great athleticism, a great skill set. Um, got good size, moves really well for his size, but he was making plays on tape that translate to this game. Um, his play speed was outstanding. He was attacking the football away from his body. You know, Mike was checking boxes, and then you go back and you watch the Senior Bowl. You know, what he was able to do in truly competitive one-on-one situations is, you know, he was one of the top guys there. Again, the size Michael Wilson has, six feet, two inches tall. Also, Zach Pascal, one of the few free agents this offseason to get a multi-year contract from the Cardinals has that six foot two inch frame maybe utilized more with the Arizona Cardinals Paul before we get your thoughts on Zach Pascal, how about Terrell on Pascal joining that wide receivers room 
And look, I, I can tell you that he really likes the physicality uh, of a Zach Pascal on the Big Red Rage. He he just immediately he just he got up in his seat, Drew Terrell, and he, and he talked about just the physicality, the way he leads by example, how he was underutilized in Philadelphia. Look, that's not a crime. They had a lot of talent on that Eagles offense, obviously. But the two years prior for Indianapolis, he was one of their leading receivers. Uh, he, he does not drop footballs. He is willing to put his body on the line. He plays all the special teams. He's going to get dirty when it comes to the run game. He's going to be blocking. And look, to me, I know it sounds crazy, but when you watch some of these receivers out here on air, I think you can make a determination about a lot of these receivers, one of the few positions, because we have seen receivers come in in the past, whether free agents or whether they're draft picks. And if they're fighting the football just in drills, look out. That's a bad sign. And both Michael Wilson and Zach Passel, they're natural, easy pass catchers away from the body. And you're like, okay, at least he has a chance. Because if you can't catch the ball consistently in some of these offseason drills, it's going to be ultra difficult once the season begins. You don't have that football hitting you in the chest. You're catching it out here and being able to not only catch it, Kyle, but catch it on the run. And those yards after catch are always big. Yeah, that's huge. The the yak yardage. I mean, it's uh, especially... Um, you know, the quarterback has to put it in position to where you can catch it and run it. But for a receiver, you know, the amazing thing you see with some of these NFL wide receivers is like they have eyes in the back of their head. They catch the ball and they spin the right way and the DB misses. And, um, you know, Zach Pascal's he, he's just a football player. And I love that about him. And to Paulie's point, um, you know, hearing him speak and, and in an interview, how much pride he takes in special teams. You know, um, somebody recently told me, like, the, the way you judge how physical and how tough a football team is is how they cover kicks. And Zach Pascal covers kicks like a madman, and he's a tone setter for your team. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he loves the game of football. He loves uh, just hearing his voice. He loves the practice and the preparation. And, and you've got to think that he is really excited about this opportunity because he does, you know, he's coming in with a new coaching staff. He's coming in to a room where there is opportunity, and if he shows out, he will be given that opportunity. I'm also looking forward to seeing Zach Paschal and Michael Wilson break tackles. We've seen Cardinals receivers in recent history. They'll make men miss, but how many of the Cardinals receivers actually break a tackle? Now, I'm not saying these guys are going to be Debo Samuel and run through like four guys, but I think there will be an element of physicality to yards after the catch. Six feet, two inches tall, 214 yards, 28 years old, so still maybe in the prime of his playing career despite not seeing a lot of catches a year ago. Let's go back to the Big Red Rage. Drew Terrell on the example Pascal will set for those young wide receivers in the room. ZP is a guy that's, you know, he's been outstanding. He's been really good for our room. We've got some young guys in the room, and he's a great example of, you know, perseverance. He was an undrafted guy, a guy that started off on a practice squad, uh, you know, became the Colts' leading receiver. Uh, like you said, he was in Philly where they had a you know, a, a pretty high-profile room, but he's a reliable guy. I talked to the coaches there, and, I mean, they love ZP, and it was tough for them to lose him. Um, but, you know, their loss is our gain. <laughs> so, um, I'm, you know, I'm a ton of respect for ZP. Glad we have him. Going back previously with the Indianapolis Colts, Kyle, you look at just the production, 72, 71, and 69 receptions. Again, he was behind a lot of top talent last season with Philadelphia. So Pascal, while the resume recently is not great, over his career he has been a productive wide receiver. And plus, that special teams aspect, former kick returner as well. 
Yeah, it's you know you're not hoping that you get production. He has done it. He has been there. He has made big catches. He's been a consistent receiver, and you know you got to think that both he um, and and this team you know love this culture of competition because he is they he didn't sign and they didn't tell him we love the way you play special teams. You're going to be our special team ace, and that's it, right? They they said the door is open, and Jonathan Gannon said that. In his first day, he wants to create a culture of competition, and nobody you, you're going to earn your playing time. And so, you know, while I haven't been to the OTAs, I don't get an opportunity to watch him practice. You got to think that at 28 years old, you know, uh, again, not getting a lot of opportunities last year, he's out on that practice field practicing like his hair's on fire. And he goes way back with Jonathan Gannon, back to their Colts days. I'm looking forward to Cardinals camp and hearing Zach Paschal and JG go at each other, bark back and forth, right? Have some of that trash talk that they're famous for. Apparently, you know, when JG was the DBs coach in Indianapolis, they would they would compete and and they would make it known when one side would win and the other wouldn't. So I think Zach Pascal is to this Cardinals offense and the new head coach, what Kaiser White is to the defense. Guys coming in, leading by example, and really modeling that culture. Can be extension of the coaching staff as far as extra help for those players that might not be familiar with the offense wants to do. Arizona Cardinals single game tickets on sale now. Visit azcardinals.com forward slash buy tickets to secure your seats today. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Your ticket to great seats. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Snap to Smith. Drops back to throw. Pressure in his face. He's in trouble. And he goes down. He's sacked back. At the 21-yard line, Cam Thomas, the rookie, is there for the Cardinals to make the play. First career sack for Cam Thomas. Herbert back to throw on third down, in trouble, steps up, sacked again at the 44-yard line. This time it's Cam Thomas. Steps up in the pocket, gets hit, arm is hit, ball flutters, picked off by Simmons at the 40-yard line and tackled at the 37. Cam Thomas swiped at the throwing arm of Mac Jones, The ball fluttered into the air, picked off by Simmons. Year one for Cameron Thomas, three sacks for him. Now the question is, what does he do in year two? As we say, welcome back. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Your ticket to great seats. Well, a lot of work in the offseason for one Cameron Thomas and also some work with another team. The Minnesota Vikings, gentlemen, just announced that the Arizona Cardinals are going to be in Minnesota for a couple of days prior to that third and final preseason game on August 26th for a couple of days of potential joint practices. So I can't think of a better way for a pass rusher, Kyle, going into year two than to going up against that Vikings offensive line or those running backs and those pass rush drills. Yeah, it's huge. You know, I only got the opportunity to do it once. We did it against the Rams in training camp. We practiced against them. There is so much value in it. You get so much more done. Um, you can practice on two different fields, and, you know, your offense can go against their defense. Their defense can go against your offense. You're, there's less uh, – you would think there would be more injury risk because everybody's competing and nobody wants to lose, particularly against another team, and there's no brother-in-law that sometimes goes on at your own practices. But – you know you're not banging against each other, and so it's it's a tremendous opportunity. And and you know you go against you know if if you're an edge rusher, and after a while you figure out 
hey, this move works pretty well against DJ Humphreys. I'm going to keep using it, keep using it, keep using it. Every time we do one-on-one pass rush throughout the offseason, it's not making you a better player. You need to play against different players and try different things and experiment with new moves. And, and because every pass rusher is different, every offensive tackle is different, and so every guard, every center, everybody does things differently. So to get an opportunity to go and face another team, new players, different skill sets, even different schemes that you you know you don't get the opportunity to see because you know you get you after a while figure out what your offense's checks are, what their calls are, what the what routes they like to run in certain situations, and again you just get 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 kind of stuck in your progress. You need to work that against different teams, see different things, and experiment with new techniques and new schemes. The joint practices I've been to, there's been more intensity at the joint practice than the subsequent preseason game because you actually get ones-on-ones, and guys don't want to look bad. All of a sudden, Marco Wilson's up against Justin Jefferson or, I don't know, Paris Johnson Jr. going against Daniil Hunter. I mean, the stakes are high in those settings, and all the media's there with all the cameras. It's, it elevates practice to a degree you'll never get during your own training camp. Cardinals at the Vikings to close out preseason play on Saturday, August 26th. They'll be in Minnesota, though, for a couple of days prior to that for joint practices against the Vikings. More on that as the offseason unfolds. We'll talk to you in one week's time here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Your ticket to great seats. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.